Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to Weddings-ish with Jove. This episode, our wedding planning tip, I talk all about decision fatigue. It's real. In our Real Housewives Roundup, we discuss the last two episodes of New York City, so juicy, and I sit down with the super successful, talented, and just amazing Lainey List, founder of Lovely Bride. Enjoy. Weddings-ish. Obviously, I love wedding planning. It's what I do professionally. But not everyone loves to make a decision, and not everyone can make a decision so quickly. Some people are super decisive, and they can decide right away. A or B? A. No question. Other people want to hear a little bit more about A, a little bit more about B, and then they want to wait a week and then think again about A, re-talk about B, and maybe have C as an option as well. Um, And other people just take a very long time. They think about it, maybe they respond in their mind, but then they don't get back to the planner. It's really fascinating in terms of decision fatigue, and I think it's absolutely real whether you're a bride, a groom, a mom. We all have decision fatigue, and when you're planning a wedding and you potentially have up to 15 or 20 vendors that you have to think about and you have to make decisions around, it's a lot of things to really think about and a lot of options coming at you all at once or even if they're spread out. So I just want to say, yes, decision fatigue is real and no one should have any judgment about it. But if you don't have the time to really go through decision fatigue, I say go with your gut. Deep down, look at options. And right away, I think you know what it is you love or what it is you're leaning towards. And then think about what it is you're hesitating Is there a person, perhaps a mom or a dad or a grandmother, who you're seeking approval and that decision may not make them happy? Potentially your fiancé, it may not make them happy. If you're having decision fatigue, I feel like there's always a blockade. Either the options that were presented are not right for you, or they're totally spot on and they're right for you, but you're very worried about what someone else may think or what someone else may wonder or what someone else may judge about your decision. And it's hard. You want to make everybody happy. A wedding is a beautiful day. It's a big occasion. All the people you love are in one room. So you don't want to fuck it up. I totally get it. But I always just say, go with your gut. And if you're a little overwhelmed, take a break. Tell your planner, your partner, your parent, I need a break. I've made too many decisions in a short amount of time take a little time off, and then get right back on it. Because I think there's nothing worse than sort of silence. It's totally fair to say you need some time. Just speak up and say it. Or say, I don't like it. Or I love it. Whatever it is, realize that there are probably not a lot of times in your life where you're going to have to make so many decisions in such a short amount of time, many of which are emotionally driven. So don't beat yourself up. It's a lot to think about. There are so many choices and so many options and so many ways one can have a wedding, but always come back to what feels right for you, your fiance, your family, and your friends, but ultimately really what feels right to the two of you. And if you're fatigued, have a cocktail, rethink about it, and I'm sure you'll make the right decision. Weddings-ish!
The Real Housewives Roundup. New York City is getting so juicy and exciting. Ramona had her sweet little dinner party where she claimed to have cooked all of that food. It 100% looks like it was catered. I mean, we've all done it before. Or we pretend like we've cooked something, take it out of the to-go container or the chef container and put it in our own home container. I was a little surprised she had a buffet dinner in the Hamptons, but you know... Live your life, whatever makes you happy. I'm sure the food was delicious, but what was not delicious was Dorinda. Girl, you were on fire. I don't know if you were on drugs or you had your Dorinda martinis, but you came for her and you came hard for Sonia. And I felt bad for her. I mean, you didn't even give her a chance to speak or to like fend for herself. You were vicious and you bit hard and she bled. But of course, Sonia is so sweet and she just sort of moves right on and doesn't necessarily forgive right away, but she takes a beat and then she's like, can we be friends again? (laughs) I mean, it's, it's really too much. I also love how Sonia absolutely was not invited to Luann's wedding. I mean, how awkward that would that be for Luann? To have Sonia there, the woman who claims she was banging and dating your fiancé just before he proposed to you. So, of course, she wasn't invited. But I love how in her own mind, she was invited. And she did get an invitation, which she refused. I mean, I love that this woman does not live in the world of reality. She lives in Sonia land all day, every day. Ramona is the same. She lives in Ramona land, and we started the last episode with her getting her like shock laser therapy on her face, which looked so painful. I mean, there was so much numbing happening. Uh, I can't even imagine how bad or painful that might have been. But look, I I can't lie. She looks so good for 60. I love that she didn't want to say the number more than once. She kept saying my age, people of my age, at this age, but she was not really excited to say the number. But I'll be honest, while she's generally pretty crazy and lives in her own la-la land, she's 100% right that she looks really good. And she looks the age of women who are 10 to 15 years younger than her. So good for you. And good for your little surprise party with Dorinda. Not so good. The election. Oh my God, it was so awkward watching that party now, knowing, of course, many months later the results just sort of like mortifying. And it really brings back the feelings I felt when I was sitting watching the elections, realizing the results I was hoping for were not going to come to fruition. So Carol must have been so devastated. And the moment with her and her mom campaigning and canvassing in Philadelphia was so cute and so sweet. And I just, I get it, girl. We all get it. It took us all by shock and surprise. And it's, you know... We're working through it and we're hoping for bigger, better things down the road. And yeah, we can't just think about it, right? We have to take action to get the things we want in life, um, especially when the things we don't want are a reality. We have to work to change those things. So I'll get off my pulpit. Um, But speaking of pulpit, I mean, again, with Ramona and Bethany, of course, Bethany did not go to Ramona's birthday party. How dare Ramona insult Bethany's child in front of her? I mean, she basically called Bethany like a sex worker, like a mild porn star, and then brought her daughter into the conversation. I mean, it was so tacky and awful. 
I felt so bad for Bethany, and I don't normally feel bad for her. She's a strong woman. She's been through a lot. She has thick skin. But Ramona, just, it's a new low for you. And the fact that you don't even realize that you did it is even worse. So I can't wait for the next episode and as well the wedding. I'll try my best to reserve comments unless they're kind. Um, But I hope that she's happy and that the tidbit about Ramona saying, you know, did you hear what he's been up to, who he's been sleeping with before the wedding, after the wedding? It's too much. Get over it, ladies. She's happy. Find your own happiness and move on. Weddings-ish. I am so excited to be sitting across from the entrepreneurial, creative, obsessed with pink, <laughs> and all things bridal, Lainey List of Lovely Bride. How are you? I'm awesome, Joe. Thank you for coming over and living in our wedding world for a day. Yeah, I'm so happy to be here in your New York City location. Yep. It is beautiful. Thanks. And you recently did a full remodel. Total. Total gut. I mean, it went from like a little DIY cute store to like chic millennial pink and gold. Oh, yes. We, now, we've always been pink from the get-go. I okay. do want to make that clear. We didn't just hop on that bandwagon. but It is a bandwagon. <laughs> uh-huh, totally. I don't, I don't know that pink will ever go away for me okay. personally and certainly not for our brand. So. Okay. What inspired the renovation here? Um, it was just time. You know, the brand is seven years old. Uh-huh. We just celebrated our seventh birthday. We called it the seven-year itch. Yeah, it was a fun party. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for coming. Yeah. Um, so it was actually, it was apropos that we wanted to make a change because I guess that's what you do in seven years. But when we opened in the West Village seven years ago, mm-hmm. it was very atypical for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I always said at the time, we're not champagne and chandeliers, we're mason jars and margaritas. Okay. And that was kind of like the vibe for our first store. And it was so right on. That's okay. what the wedding, you know, the wedding planners were really pushing that, moving in that direction. rustic look. Mm-hmm. Um, but no wedding stores really felt that casual. Yeah, they were all a little high-end or don't touch anything. Totally. Yeah. So we sort of, threw, you know, threw that on its head by doing something very casual and chic and fun. And we were really one of the first, um, the, the first um, indie bridal shop. We call ourselves the OG indie the bridal OG shop. The OG indie bridal shop yeah, in which, New York City or nationwide? And nationwide-ish. Okay. I think there were, it's kind of hard to tell because I didn't really put that radar out sure. yet. I was really focused just on store. New York. Yeah. And definitely here, it was it was the antithesis of what was happening yeah. in bridal, like very fancy. Yeah, very high I, end. I just remember going wedding shopping myself and I was like, I feel so out of place. Yeah. Like I'm in jeans, I'm, ca- you know, I'm casual. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was definitely something different in that world. But cut to today... Our new renovation, we say we're no longer mason jars and margaritas. Yeah, it doesn't feel that way at all. Now we're rosé and rose gold. Okay, so, which know, I think is right. Yeah. And I think as an industry, we've all sort of moved away from mason jars. Totally. Maybe not margaritas. <laughs> Never. moved away yeah. from mason jars for sure. Yeah. And we're moving on. To, I think rose gold is definitely the color of the season. Yeah. And millennial pink, of, of course. course. Well, I think um, as a brand, you have to evolve with the bride. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the craziest and most fun things about bridal is we get to reinvent ourselves yeah. every few years because the brides are all new. Yeah. And they're always, you know, 25. <laughs> yeah. And they always want something new and fresh and not what they've seen on Pinterest or what's been done before. Totally. So how did you get your start in the wedding industry? Are you a designer? Did you go to fashion school? Was it marriage? Like, mm-hmm. how did you start Lovely Bride? You know, um, it was really more of a business opportunity. Mm-hmm. I had always worked in fashion, but sort of on the periphery of fashion. 
I don't have a design background. I didn't even go to school for fashion. Mm-hmm. I actually got um, a Bachelor of the Arts in Art History. Oh, really? At Notre Dame. Very... Any particular type of art or period? Um, I actually focused a lot on soft sculpture. Oh, okay. And so I had a, a, a minor in, in sculpture, actually. Oh, wow. And my senior thesis was a line of candy clothing. Okay. And it was like, it was, you know, pre the new Willy Wonka, but I've sure. always been obsessed with candy and Willy okay. Wonka. This is such an aside. It's so interesting though. <laughs> but I'm going to tell you the whole story. I would have never known. Yeah. And um, instead of having it displayed in the gallery, like all the other students, I actually threw a party and had models wear the clothing and you can go up to them and take the candy off and, and eat, eat it. the candy from their That's candy. That's kind of incredible. Apparel. It was really cool. Do you have images of that? I do. I'll I'd s- love to put them on the blog yes, when we share the podcast. I will podcast. send them to you. They're probably, okay. I'll probably have to scan them in because they're on like they're a real photo. <laughs> but uh, okay, yeah, perfect. Was, obviously I went to school in uh, the era of black and white photography. In a different so. time. <laughs> what I call real photography. Totally. I mean, it's like it was an art then. It's yeah. still an art now, but it's not as yeah. time consuming and Yeah, you know, and it's fun on. to go through those photos, like those actual physical photos. So you did that, graduated, and graduated, what happened? Um, Went, knew I wanted to work in fashion, but mm-hmm. again, art, art major. So I, I knew it would be really competitive in New York City, but yep. it's ultimately where I wanted to live. So instead of going straight here and probably ending up at you know, the bottom of the barrel, I took a job at Target okay. in Minneapolis. Everyone loves Target. Everyone loves Target. And that was the <laughs> beginning of the, their heyday with their trend program mm-hmm. where they had people traveling the globe identifying trends. Yep. And that, to me, was exactly what I wanted to do. Okay. So took a job there in the buying program, got really excellent training. Sure, um, in buying and buying And re- buying and yep. fashion and, and the business and, and analytical side. But then my heart was in the trend side. So I eventually worked my way up to being a fashion director um, at actually Marshall Fields, which oh, is owned by, by, Target. by Target. So okay. there was an opening there, so I was able to move over. So I have a little bit of a type A as well as like this, ener- this creative energy. Uh-huh. And I just followed that path. I, at one point, I decided it was time to get to New York. You yep. know, no more dinking around. In no dinky, more Midwest. Dinky yeah. town. <laughs> um, although I love Minneapolis. I, I always say if it were the second place I lived, I would probably stay. But yeah. I needed to get to New York. So I got really lucky. I sent out one resume, which is kind of unheard of. Got the call. Got the job. One resume? One resume. Nobody three, ever. I know. Three weeks later, I moved to New York. Okay. Um, and had that job for... 10 years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like a full decade. Yeah, totally. Um, so I'm dating myself a little bit, but I will say I started Lovely while I was still at that job. Okay. And that is a, a licensing company. Sure. And we owned fashion brands. Got it. So again, kind of type, In the fashion space. In the fashion space, but little of a, yep. in a type A way. I did merchandising. What's your sign? I'm a Scorpio. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm, I say that hesitantly. I'm like, I don't want to so share that secret. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a go-getter. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thanks. I like, I like that interpretation of Scorpio. Sometimes For today, that's what it'll be. <laughs> people tell me I'm scorping out sometimes. Oh, like, oh, you're yeah. totally scorping out. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, so I did, um, I ran billions of dollars worth of brands, mm-hmm. actually. Our, my, the brands that I ran did over eight, uh, $6 billion at retail. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Annually. Annually. For 10 years. For 10 years. So I had brands that were at Walmart and Target and mm-hmm. Kohl's and Pennies and Macy's. I actually launched the Material Girl brand with Madonna. Oh, wow. So I worked with Madonna. Name so dropper. I, I know. I had to. Um, so it was, you know, it was a fun ride. Um, but I just, I kind of had this idea for, the, for Lovely going through my own experience. Mm-hmm. 
And again, realizing that it was still so formal. So you had gone, you had gotten engaged got in that engaged, period, went dress shopping. Went dress shopping. Here in the city. Yes, here in the city. And I ended up buying my dress off the rack in London, actually. Oh, okay. I was on a business trip, and this designer that I had admired, Ben DeLisi, mm-hmm. um, had a shop in London. So I went into the shop, wasn't even really going there to, quote unquote, get my wedding Just dress. Just to go and see. Just to go and see. Fell in love with the dress. The sales girl was adorable. The shop is brilliant. Bought it. Walked out with my dress. Yeah. And I thought, okay, New York shopping was horrible and fancy and Mm -hmm. glittery. It was uppity and salesy and pushy. Totally. Too much. The whole nine. And the range is like so high in these stores. Yeah. 10, 15, 20, $30,000. Totally. Over the top. And then the dresses, I mean, if it was so bizarre to me to be in a room alone while someone was shopping for me. Yeah. I'm like, okay, look, I've spent my entire life honing this skill. Yes. You are not going to go in the back and shop and pick for, me. for me. So then I ended up being that girl that they said, well, then just come into the back. So I go into the back and I see thousands of dresses in plastic and I'm wildly You're mortified, yeah. So I just really had no idea how this wedding dress thing was going to go down yeah. until I went to London. And then, I, you know, hopping on a plane with my dress, I was like, this was amazing and fun and adorable, but... It took all of like 10 minutes for yeah. me to buy my wedding dress. That didn't feel special as either. Mm. You know, so I, I'm like, where is this in between? Where is the cool, aspirational, fun, your girlfriend's apartment type mm-hmm. of bridal shop that you can still have your process? Because yeah. it's, you know, it's all part of the story. Yeah, you want to try on a few and like it, love it, hate it. Totally. Go back to the first one. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even just like the journey of it comes in in four months. Mm-hmm. I know that some people find that daunting, but some people find that charming. Yeah. That something's being made for them and they're waiting for it. The expectation yeah, of it, it arriving. Sure. So, um, enter Lovely. I identified some designers that were not well represented at all, except for Etsy. Mm-hmm. Plucked them right off of Etsy. Okay. You know, emailed Sarah Seven, emailed yeah. Carol Hanna, emailed Elizabeth Dye. Um, and ask them, would you want to be in a wholesale business? So they were starting out in some ways. They were because they were they were selling on Etsy via their Etsy shop. Yeah, um, which they, is a great place to start. Yeah, but it's not a you know no, a huge and, platform. Which is interesting because Etsy now has a wholesale division, which is brilliant of them. I was actually creating that myself yeah. by plugging their designers. Yeah, um, and you know Sarah Seven was a huge name at the time yeah. without actually having a physical presence outside a of store. Seattle. Sure. I think she had a Portland store. So that really fueled our business. Um, Daily Candy, RIP, wrote about us on mm-hmm. our opening day. Girls flocked to Lovely, and we just kind of blew up overnight. So was, From that point? Yeah. That's amazing. And how many initial designers did you carry? I think we probably had about a dozen. Okay. I, in, in fairness, um, it wasn't just indie. I wanted to make it a little bit more well-rounded. Sure. So we had um, designers like Waters mm-hmm. um, and Barge was in our initial store. So some classic things as well as some more bohemian or mm-hmm. indie looks um, so we can cater to, to everyone. all types of girls. Yeah, you know, I know. not just the indie bride. Yeah, I would say all of our girls have an indie spirit. Sure. But at the end of the day, for whatever reason, maybe your family um, influence. Or, or expectations just, of a wedding. Yeah, and, and sometimes if they just want to get something a little bit more classic, I want them to do that and I want them to be able to do that here. Sure. Yeah. So they might come in in their mind thinking they're going to get something hip and not white and not classic, and then they might go back to that. Totally. So it should definitely be an option here. Absolutely. That's really fascinating. And yeah. So you had that store, and it's now been seven years, but you've moved from the West Village now to Tribeca. Yeah. yeah. And you now have 12 stores nationwide. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Like, it while is. all these other major box stores are closing down, you're continuing to grow. Um, 
how did that start? How did you decide to go from one even to two and then now at 12? Mm-hmm. Well, it, gosh, sometimes I answer this differently. I feel like every time someone sure. asks, sometimes I feel like it wasn't in the, in the plans, but at so the same time. you didn't come in thinking like, I'm going to grow this business beyond one store. Yeah, not necessarily, although I, I know that that's my nature. So sure. probably in the back of my mind, it, it was, was always um, in the cards, but I was going to do it organically. Okay. You know, I didn't, I've worked with so many business plans mm-hmm. in my in my career, in my past life, and I've seen just numbers written down on a paper for five years yep. of what they think they're going to do. I didn't their do projections. That. I yeah. didn't do that. I, it was very, very organic, um, and because we were so popular from day one, we got people from all over the country contacting us, mm-hmm. saying, "Can you open a lovely here? Can you open a lovely here?" It, then it sort of turned into, "Could I open yeah. a lovely?" They wanted it. Totally. Yeah. And one thing I didn't mention is we started a a blog before we ever even opened our store. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And so, and it was, you know, it wasn't just like a blog about our shop. It was a real editorial wedding blog. Oh, interesting. And um, people loved it. And we had such a followership before we even opened our doors. Before you had. And And it was was all about dress and beauty and the bride. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was all about weddings. I mean, we definitely did stuff on decor. We did Got stuff on, on fashion. We took a very fashionable edge uh, with our brand. Um, so we, we blogged a lot about ready-to-wear fashion, mm-hmm. like, but as as referenced, like, what to wear during wedding season, what sure. to wear on your honeymoon, etc. Um, so that kind of gave us a bit of a national scale right mm-hmm. off the bat, because as you know, you can read a anyway. blog from anywhere. Yeah. Um, so we had that fellowship, and as we got more inquiries, I thought, why not? Like, I, I get licensing. Yep. Um, You've done it for I've years. I've done it for years. I'm an expert at it. I have a full-time job at the yep. time. I believe it or not, I actually kept my full-time job while for a while. opening the store. Yes. That's crazy. Yeah. I just left my job a couple years ago. Wait, so, what? Yeah. That's I know. insane. I don't know. I mean, people are like, how did you do it? I just don't know. I just did it. And you you're a mom. You and have children. And I have two kids. <laughs> like, that's so crazy. And a fantastic husband and amazing yeah. help. So luckily, I have, yeah, um, you have a team, I haven't figured out. But, but you know, it's strange. I actually loved my full-time job. Interesting. And actually, right after I... I opened Lovely is when we landed the deal with Madonna. And I was like, I cannot you leave. Can't. Yeah, <laughs> like, you can't. I have to, to see do that it. I have to see this through. And it was a really cool experience. So you like to be busy. I like to be you busy. You thrive in busyness. I do. Although I will tell you, I'm glad to just have one job now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one job times 12. Yeah. It's not really one job because you have this is your baby. Totally. And then 11 other babies you're nourishing yeah. and supporting. Yeah. Although, you know, the interesting thing about franchising is there's another owner. Mm-hmm. So... Although I really care tend those stores and I talk to those owners every week and I, we're producing tons of content and marketing to help support them yeah. every day, they really turn the lights on. On their own. So yeah. it's, it's really, it's, it's interesting that franchising has been like the happiest accident yeah. I ever fell into for, for Lovely because certainly I was open to opening some more myself and I ha- I actually sure. do own some more now, but I did not have the wherewithal to do that while I had of a full-time course. job. But one thing I've learned is um, you really need to care about these brides. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, I, I deeply You've care got about the passion. Brides. Yeah. I always joke when I, when there's, someone here finding their dress, like, I'm like, you never cry alone at Lovely. Because <laughs> I'm always crying right, right there with you. Well, and there are boxes of tissue in every, every showroom as I just walked around. I know. <laughs> I know. It is pretty emotional. Yeah. So, you know, you can't really have someone who's just punching the clock. Yeah. 
And that you know, wants to invest in a business. Totally. They've got to really love this industry. Yeah, our our girls are on their phones like twenty four seven to take a bride's call if she needs it. And I didn't just want these dozen stores around the country where someone is like piecing out at six p.m. because yeah. they have a, a date that night. Like yeah. these guys really have commit? to care about it. Yeah. So the owners really lend that sense of mom and poppedness because mm-hmm. they're local. Yeah. And they know their clients and they know their region. Yeah. And honestly, we just had market uh, a week ago and nothing makes me prouder than hearing my shops say like, well, my bride doesn't like that or my store, this, this, this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, it actually, I feel like a mom. Yeah. Um, and in a way, you know, I remember when I, when I went to, to work at Target, I was like a little bit of a hippie in college, you know, I pur- see that. purple hair, <laughs> like nose ring. Floral Doc Martens. I was kind of like... Big pants. Totally. Total overalls. The artsy yeah. overalls. So I was, you know, all of my friends were like super hipsters or like these like, you know, feminist lesbians. And they were like, oh, you're going to work for the man. I yep. can't believe you're going to work for Target. <laughs> Throwing you under the bus. Totally. And so in a way, the franchising has also given me this like kind of sense and feeling of philanthropy. Like I'm hmm. helping women get into business. Yeah. Like, many of these women are like powerhouses to start and some are not. And some yeah. are like, I really love that I have just someone to bounce ideas off of and the support. And they, yeah. they can ask me such mundane things. the infrastructure. Things. Totally. Because starting your own company from scratch is insane. In, I don't know how anyone it's does it. crazy. Like, especially, I would think 20 years ago, you just had to have an idea and some money. Now you have to know social media. You have to yep. be a content producer. So you yep. have to be creative in some respect. And then taxes alone. Oh, my gosh. Like, buying, sales, wholesale, retail, like, all of it. Crazy. It's crazy. I know. You have to be, like, 10 people. Yeah. But um, usually you're just one. Yeah, and you can't <laughs> so afford the, the 10 people no. when you're starting out. Unless you know, you're I'm, a big luxury brand, then 100%. maybe. 100%. So you were able to really do all of this, mm-hmm. and then from that point, learn all there is to learn, the good, the bad, the ugly, and franchise out yes. from there. Yeah. Are all the stores stylistically gold and pink? Yes. Um, everyone like went bananas for the wallpaper, so they okay. all have the wallpaper. They've When they're doing a repaint job, they're painting you know, our shade of pink, because we changed our shade of pink. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're slowly integrating things. All the brand new stores look just like this, yeah. except for the fact that we like to put a little local flavor of in course. each one. Um, our Miami store was... The whole facade was painted by this amazing artist, local oh, wow. Winwood artist. Okay. It's the stores in Winwood? It's in Winwood. So you had to, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. And then, you know, we have neon angel wings here in New York, but in in uh, our Houston store, we have this huge y'all okay. in neon. It's very cute. Um, so we try to put some local flavor and everything, but everyone always says when they go into a lovely, they're like, oh, yeah. It looks it just... It feels the same. It yeah, and the same. that's so rewarding for people to say, like, it, they even say, like, it feels like your website and your blog and your social. Like, yeah. So it's it kind of has created this this sort of life of its own. Yeah, it's which awesome. is exactly what you want. You want people to think your social and your store are the same. Totally. How disappointing if you have this amazing social and you walk in and it's like, wah, what wah. is this shit? Show? I know, <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so how do you pick your designers? I mean, now that you've got 12 stores, you have buying power. Mm-hmm. How do you, it's got to be so hard. Like, is yeah. your eye and obsession for weddings the same as when you got married or? Yeah. Or do I, you have someone who picks all the designs or? No, I mean, honestly, there's, um, it's a little bit of gut instinct, mm-hmm. and I think I've always had that, which okay. is why I was in merchandising and was, you know, successful in yeah, my merchandising for years. career. 
you have to have a bit of that gut instinct. And then I just listen a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely love the analysis. Like I run the, I get so excited to run those to numbers. Crunch the numbers. <laughs> At the end of the month, I'm like, ew. That's my least favorite part of it. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'll crunch your numbers, yeah. kid. <laughs> my husband, who's brilliant, um, created a custom order management system for Lovely. Oh, that's amazing. Which is awesome because whenever I want a certain end. report, he can he can, he can make it. Yeah. So I can actually run a report today over all 12 stores, sort it, and find our best sellers by designer. Oh, wow. So we look at that and we say, okay, these are the best Analysis. sellers. Analysis, yeah. This is what people are loving. Let's find other examples of this. Because at the end of the day, you know, there's definitely some art, but there's a lot of science yep. that can go into this. Of course. Which is what I love about bridal. It's like, it's slow fashion. It's yep. not fast fashion. So it's... It's not going to change tomorrow. No. You can be really careful and thoughtful about it. And so I, I really love to listen. And I love our designers who listen Mm -hmm. and we have wonderful designers who are not only extremely creative but they don't have these crazy egos that they have in the fashion industry so they're like tell me what your bride wants like i I want to make dresses that sell (laughs) 100 percent. like and this stuff doesn't turn fast it sits on the floor for a year so tell me what would they like the neckline more like this or this yeah and so we have really awesome relationships with our designers to the point that just this past year we now have Three designers who have made collections exclusively. For oh, Lovely. you have exclusive collections. Mm-hmm. Who One are those designers? I cannot tell. <gasps> Not yet? <laughs> you know what? They also have their own wholesale ranges. So Got in it. order to kind of protect sure. their continuing business, because, I mean, there aren't a lot of lovelies. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of lovelies. But, there are you know, 12. But my point but is, other stores other are single locations. And sure. so they don't necessarily have the buying power we have. And so they rely on that business. So I would never want to compromise that for Got them. Got it. But, but that's amazing yeah. for you to have three designers. Yeah. That's crazy. One is a classic line called Louvienne, mm-hmm. and that's been out since last um, summer. Okay. It's one of our best brands already, so that's exciting. Yeah. Um, a second one that we just launched is called Lover Society. It's very bohemian, uh-huh. a lot of stretch linings. And then a the third one, which we just decided on like two weeks ago with a designer here in New York is called Dear Heart. Okay. And it's very sweet and romantic. So. Beautiful. It's so cool. a little bit something for every girl. Yeah. yeah um, and fun. do you do pantsuits at all or oh, yeah. all dresses? No, we do some, we do some pantsuits. You know, we were doing some of those fashion-y pantsuits for mm-hmm. a while, like with Thea. And um, they're great. We love them. But they're like a little bit girly. Got it. So for we the ended bride up, wants a suit, she wants a suit. She wants a suit. So actually Savannah Miller, who's a designer mm-hmm. that sells at all lovelies exclusively, um, she's this amazing British designer and just made the most beautiful tailored suit uh-huh. for the line. Um, so we have it up front. Um, and she worked for Alexander McQueen. Oh, wow. And Matthew Williamson. So she has she's really got amazing tailored <laughs> background. So it's yeah. just this beautiful tuxedo suit. Nice. And it's it's yummy. I love that because not every bride wants to wear a dress and okay. not every bride wants to wear white. Yeah. What are you seeing in terms of trends in the coming year? I know blush was a big one. Yeah. And ivory was a big one. Are we still there or is there anything else coming in the way of color? Yeah. You know, um, honestly, people are going back to white. So <laughs> where we sample a lot of gowns in blush in the past, um, they're just asking for it in white and ivory. I think because bridal can feel a little bit one-sided. We're always wanting to push color because yeah. it's exciting for us as business owners. Someone, sure. But remember, every bride is in that dress for the first time. Yeah. So for her, a white dress is totally novel and new. Sure. She's probably not wearing a big white ball gown on All a regular occasion. Yeah. So she wants that moment to go for it. She'll get yeah. her, you know, she'll get her her sundress, her color dress on somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Are you a fan of having brides in multiple dresses, or do you like one dress all night? Um, honestly, I, 
I'm a fan of multiple dresses, so that sure, I can sell multiple oh, dresses course, as a business person. But um, I don't have a lot of rules for brides. It's yeah. funny because um, I recently did an interview where they were asking me, like, what trend needs to go away and what do brides need to stop doing? And I was just like, nothing. They yeah. should do whatever the hell they want to do. I like, uh, it's we actually have this this um, we've coined this phrase. We're not too cool for tool mm-hmm. because even that people were like, oh, we don't have these tool princess ball gowns. Well, guess there was what? a phase. Yeah, we do. And yeah. you know, maybe they're cooler than the princess ball gowns that you can see in those like crappy China websites. But still, I'm okay saying. And it, the coolest thing is, it's always this girl like tatted up with her yeah. sleeves that wants this like tool ball gown that and you I'm would like, never expect her to want it. hundred percent. It's always the best part, I think. I know. So you got to have those. You know, actually, I love this little pairing over in the corner. We've got this beautiful ball skirt with this t-shirt that's embroidered bridezilla and then a black lace belt which yeah. is beautiful so that's kind of my point is like that's how people want to pair it they want to pair a princess gown with something edgy and just make it new and different and why do you so i'm always trying to wonder i have these brides that come to me and they're like i want to do something different something fresh something colorful something unique yeah and i think great let's go for color for the dress or a design or a pattern or push the envelope there yeah and 99% of them come back to white. Totally. Do you have an idea, since you were married and yeah. wore a dress, and yeah. I will never wear a wedding dress, <laughs> um, not because never I don't want it. to, but because <laughs> I'm just, that's not my thing. Um, why is that? Or what's your thought process on why that's the one thing that can't seem to like evolve or change in the bridal world? I, I just think it's actually really flattering on a skin tone. Like I think that ivory, a white dress, is really pretty on most skin tones. Um, Whether you have a tan, whether you have porcelain skin, it just looks really great on. Um, So that's probably the biggest reason. But again, like I said before, it's the rare occasion that you get to wear an Mm -hmm. all-white dress. Yeah. It's funny. I think symbolically it's like a virginal thing. Yeah. I guess, (laughs) like historically. But (laughs) I'm like, come on, everybody. I I know know you've been sleeping together for a while. Everyone's got their red underwear on. You've been living together. Yeah. Yeah, Like, it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, And are you... Are you, I always give the advice when my brides come here to try an address or anywhere, tell them exactly what you think you want, but also be open to trying something totally opposite yeah. that you don't think you'll want. Yeah. And I find they're often surprised, but you're the expert. Yeah. I mean, is that is that true? Yeah, yeah. They're always surprised. Um, I, I One thing I love about styling, and I do it very rarely, to mm-hmm. be frank, but if friends come in or sure. if, if I need to pitch in because someone needs a hand, I'll do it. Um, and I almost feel it's like super sleuthing, like my little detective side yeah. kind of emerges um, because it is just about understanding what's going to make them light up. Yeah. And they don't always know that. No, you know, they, they're not aware. Or they might have an idea based on a Pinterest board and they put something on their body that just makes them blown away mm-hmm. and it t- completely changes everything about even their wedding plan. Yeah. So, well, that's um, happened. We've had a bride who like changed her dress midway through and we had to alter the entire wedding now to reflect her new dress. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Which was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Not fine. It was so annoying. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, like, she changed her mind. You just full never 180. know. Yeah. So she has two dresses. But it was beautiful in the yeah. end, and she made the right decision. Yeah, you know, it's and especially when you choose so far in advance, sometimes just circumstances change. Mm-hmm. Life changes. Give her a little leeway. But, um, but yeah, I think that uh, that the venue and the dress are very much tied together, and... Sometimes we don't even really love brides to come shopping before they have their venue mm-hmm. because of that reason. So then we can kind of really help match them with something that's going to work. Well, for and them. the season if they don't. So wait, you have people come before they're even like before they have a location or a date. Oh yeah, 
What about before they're engaged? Sometimes. Oh my I god, mean, that's crazy. So rarely. Oh, we had a girl buy a dress that she wasn't was engaged. Not engaged. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we're here to serve. You know? I mean, yeah, you're gonna sell a dress. <laughs> totally. but like my thought is she did not get engaged. Oh my god. <laughs> that's like a crazy person. Yeah. We had someone ask to start wedding planning, and I was like, Oh, tell me about your engagement. She was like, It's happening soon. Oh, man. I'm like, nope, as soon as you have a ring, totally. give me a buzz. Yeah. But until then, we are not planning yeah, your wedding. Yeah, or give me a big deposit. <laughs> yeah. So what are some tips you would give to brides, friends, moms, friends, like anyone who's coming in to try on dresses and the tips of the audience watching the bride try on the dress? Yeah. What, what are your do's and don'ts? Well, for starters, I like it when brides do a lot of planning on mm-hmm. Pinterest and bring in their boards for inspiration because okay. it just gives us a starting point. I mean, it's a real blank slate for us too yeah. and we don't have Any an infinite amount of time sure. to do the sleuthing. So it's really not, I mean, sometimes brides will email us in advance and give us links to their Pinterest board. I love that. So, so if, they, they, if they can do that, you recommend it. They should totally have images sent ahead of time. Yes. Okay. And, and do that planning. You know, some people come in, I don't think what, I think people do not realize how one-on-one and deep our appointments are. Yeah. Like, we really talk about the bride in advance. Sure. We talk about what she thinks she would like. So I just think people should not make, even make their appointment until they're ready to really get serious because okay. it is a lot of work for so us So don't just do for it for them. fun. Do it because you're really ready. Totally. Okay. And, you know, we actually, we've instituted something in New York called um, Lovely Open House. And once a month, it's the first Thursday of every month, we just allow walk-ins to come and look at our stuff. Perfect. So that's for fun. Totally. That's like, oh my God, dresses. Totally. Do that, have fun, see yeah. what we have, see if anything fits the bill. Sure. But when you come in, be ready. So know kind of what you think you might want. It's mm-hmm. okay to change your mind, but do a little bit of research. Yep. Um, wear underwear. I was just going to Very say. elementary, very basic. But underwear and a bra. Everyone wear an underwear. That you're comfortable bra. with other people seeing. Yeah. I mean, we have to have disposables downstairs sure. for that reason Because people don't. Shocking. That's amazing. Shocking. Okay. Um, you know, it's nice if people will, like, do a little hair and makeup because... It's sometimes hard to see what you're going to look like in oh, that gown. Like unless if you're you really feel... casual today and you're putting on this big ball gown. Totally. It might mismatch. Yeah, but if you have like your if, hair and makeup if done. If you feel great that day, if you feel confident, you know, you have that day where it's like, whoa, uh-huh. things are on. Hair worked out. My yep. makeup's banging. Um, it's just going to give you a more realistic picture because on your wedding day, you're going to get all that. You're going to get glammed So you're going to look for sure. 100%. So, okay. So I guess that's where maybe the formality came in some bridal salons, but, you know, you can still wear your jeans. Yeah, of course. <laughs> You're going to take them off. <laughs> yeah. And then the audience, man, it is shocking to me how outspoken people are about their opinions. Uh-huh. It's, and it's sad. I, I mean, I, I sort of bite my tongue on a lot of things. Of course, personally, because, because it's, it's not your family. No, it's yeah. her day. It's what she wants to wear. It's yeah. what she wants to look like. So I think people assume that they've been invited to the appointment that that means they have a job to do. Sure, to critique. That maybe like it's they're just, Heidi Klum on Top Model. Totally. It's just, maybe it's just for comfort. So I think yeah. as a bride, you should let people know how much and how little you want from them. Got it. You should actually say, hey, I want you to come along because I want you to be my picture taker. Mm-hmm. I want you to, I want to create a memory and yeah. I want you there in all of my selfies. Yeah. But. I don't need Heidi I don't, Klum or Tim Yeah, Brown. exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and don't bring scorecards. Yeah. yeah. We're good. We're good. <laughs> I will make this decision. Show. Totally. Yeah. And our brides too, they're, the the cool thing is they are so mature and awesome mm-hmm. that um, they ha- they can make the decision themselves. Yeah. You know that yes they might want between A or B. Let me know your thoughts, but they don't need yeah. guidance through it as much I think as the average the average bride in other fancier salons. Sure. I mean, we're kind of known as I mean, 
we're known as the Bridechilla yeah. destination. That's what, so, that's what you do. Yeah, and we even say that to brides when they come in. We're like, okay, these are all of our dresses and they're out. We're going to guide you through them unless you want to just browse on your own for a second. Yeah. Let us know how you want this to run. So yeah. we'll, we'll help you like 100%, but we also want to give them that sense of independence. That's perfect. Which I said was lacking in the salons. Of you know, course, I, it's what you wanted. Totally. To be able to roam. I, I could imagine you want to see it, your tactile, yeah. your visual. It's going to be in your body. Totally. Like, give um, me a minute. Yeah. Let me, let me, let me soak let it in. Let me get intimate with these gowns totally. and then put them on. Yeah. So take it serious. Have a Pinterest page. Yeah. Wear underwear. Wear underwear, Or if please. you don't, you've got them covered. <laughs> and clean underwear. But <laughs> wear clean underwear. Yes. Um, is white important? White underwear? Uh, or just underwear? No. Because the, uh, the any gowns underwear's, are I thick mean, enough. Honestly, if people felt like they were going to be wearing... If someone wants a ball gown, don't worry about it. Don't yeah. worry about anything. That ball gown is... Going to cover Nine it times all. out of ten, it's going to be like armor for sure. you. Um, if you want something slinky and you want to smooth out your curves, then bring the Spanx. Yeah. You know, just... It's... It, the dress is not going to do all the work. You kind of have to prep for, for, for what it's going to do. Exactly. Um, and then prepare your audience. Tell mm-hmm. them what you expect of them and what totally. you don't expect of them. Yes. And then what is your price range here of gowns, starting low end and high end? Yeah, um, about 1700 to 7000 Oh, wow. Our range. That's so sort of where you're at. Pretty big range. I would say the average is in the twos and threes. Really approachable. Yeah, totally. I mean, literally, that's an amazing range, 1700 yeah. to $7,000 Yeah. is... Great. Yeah. We don't want to go over the top with it. I mean, again, I think our brides are really cool, really mm-hmm. mature. And so typically they're like, I want a great dress, but yeah. I also want to buy a car. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Not a car for a dress. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's an amazing market. Yeah. Um, well, this has been so wonderful and so much fun. I'm so thrilled for your success. Thank and you. excited to continue to watch. Is there another store on the... On the horizon? Yes, okay. there is. Actually, we're opening in Seattle. Oh, beautiful. Maybe as soon as this summer, but definitely okay. by the fall. And if people want to follow you, where can they find you on Instagram? Um, yes, we're at Lovely Bride. Mm-hmm. And um, we're at Lovely Bridal on Facebook mm-hmm. and Pinterest. And I think it, on Snapchat, although we rarely use that. And sure. on Twitter as well. Okay. But and you then, know, who does anything but Instagram anymore, that's true. right? It's all in one app. Yeah. And then your website? It's lovelybride.com. And you can book appointments there for all of the stores, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, you can go online and book your own appointment at any time. So and you need really to do convenient. that ahead of time. You can't do it oh, same yeah. week generally. Um, if we have an opening, but it's very rare. It's I mean, very we have, rare. We have a wait list in New York, so yeah. it's definitely very rare to have an opening. But um, I would say book in advance if you can. Try to find a trunk show if mm-hmm. you know you like a certain designer. Um, if you book a trunk show, there'll be a larger assortment of those designs. So oh, interesting. That's also a good, a good tip. tip. And then them. if you have a large party, try to book during the week because the weekends are just crazy. Yeah. And it just ends up not being fun for anyone. Because there's know, a including, ton of people Yeah, everywhere. including the people sitting on laps. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, you know, we're an intimate salon. Yeah. It's, uh, it's New York after all, so everything's a little bit smaller here. So um, we, we can accommodate about four to five guests in each mm-hmm. room. Plus the bride. Plus the bride. Yeah. yeah. I think that's way too many. But, you <laughs> hey, know, sisters, moms. Uh, totally. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. I love a girl who comes in by herself. I'm oh, like, that's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. My favorite. Or sometimes me, I'll go with the bride. And I'm like, great. Because yeah. I'm totally impartial. Yeah. I'm not going to I'm gonna tell you what looks great and what doesn't. Well, you've got to try on a dress. I, I know, love to. I know you said that you would never wear a dress. But <laughs> we have this amazing stylist here, Ryan, who tries on almost all the dresses. Okay. And so we have a new hashtag. Gays and gowns. Okay. And uh, we'll have to get you and Ryan. I will do it. I would love to do it so that I know the experience that my brides are going through. And I can say firsthand, I know what that's like. Uh, I'm getting a photo, you guys. So make sure. I'll put that on the podcast. (laughs) I will also wear, I will wear underwear. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Thank you so much. Yeah, bye. Weddings-ish.
Thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing, listening, and downloading Weddings-ish with Jove. It means the world to me to have you uh, listening and supporting this podcast. If you have any questions about wedding planning or any topics you'd like us to cover or anything uh, you'd like to hear about, please send us an email, podcast at jovemeyerevents.com or tweet us at jovemeyer. Feel free to follow us on Instagram at jovemeyer and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. We would really, really appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a great five-star review on iTunes. Thanks so much. Weddings-ish. The music in this podcast was made by the fabulous Mel Flannery of Mixtape, a cover band for hipsters. Thanks, Mel. Love the jingle. Weddings-ish. Weddings-ish.